Well, good evening. Take the Word of God with me and turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 35. John chapter 1 and verse 35, we'll take our text this evening. It says this, Again, the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, well dwell, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two which heard John speak, and followed him, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Let's have a word of prayer and still our hearts before the Lord ask for his blessing upon the service this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for thy word. We're thankful that thy word is truth. Lord, I'm thankful that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that no man cometh unto thee, unto the Father, but by thee. We thank you for this scripture tonight. We thank you for what's found in it. I pray that thou would speak to my heart Speak to the hearts of this people as only you can do. We ask for thy spirit to be amongst us and dwell amongst us. We're thankful for thy presence that is always with us. Although we do ask for a special measure of thy spirit tonight. I pray that we would leave here rejoicing and praising God and saying, what a great and wonderful Savior that we have. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ I do pray. Amen. If you look in verse 41, I want, I want to draw your attention to, to a phrase. He first findeth, findeth his own brother, Simon. He first findeth his own brother, Simon. That's the title of the message this evening is from verse 41. But here we see, uh, we see a couple men who are following after the Lord Jesus Christ, but really they were following after John the Baptist, who was preaching as one crying out in the wilderness. And in verse 23 of our text, it says this, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And set, as said the prophet Isaiah, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet? And then John answered to them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He, he it is who is coming after me is preferred before me whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. And then if you look in verse 29, it says this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I'm very thankful tonight that we 
there was a lamb that was slain for us, the lamb of God, the perfect spotless lamb of God. And John the Baptist, before we get into our main portion of scripture tonight, John the Baptist is crying as, as a voice. He said, crying out in the wilderness. He said, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Did he say, which taketh away this person's sin or that person's sin? Notice what it says here in John 29. It says, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Take, he's taking away the sin of the world tonight. The Lamb of God. The Lord Jesus Christ he's speaking of. And John is preaching. Behold the Lamb of God. He's, can you see John the Baptist going? That rough man, John the Baptist, who likes honey and he's, he's a, wears hairs of girdles, skin. and He's just a rough and tough dude. And he's, he's just going along and he's pointing people to the Savior. He's pointing people to Jesus. He's doing exactly what we should be doing tonight with our lives. We should be as just as one crying out, point as, as a signpost pointing, this is the way, walk ye in it. That's what John the Baptist is doing. He's, he's saying, I am not the one that you should be looking for. There, one come, there comes one after me that I'm not worthy to, to unlatch his shoe. And, he, and he's speaking, he's, he's making sure he's putting all of the emphasis on, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then... If you look at the very beginning of the chapter, just a little bit of groundwork that I want to lay here. In, the, in verse 1, it talks a little bit more about John the Baptist's message. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What a wonderful verse. But then it says, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. If anyone ever says, well, how do you know all things were made by God? All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. You can boldly and confidently tell people that they've been fashioned by, by, by God, that God has made them. Everything that we see on this earth has been made by God, unless it's an invention of man, and typically those things will break, if you haven't noticed. But everything has been made by God. But in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then he starts talking about this light. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And in, in verse 12, I love this verse, it says this, But as many as received him... Them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know who's given authority to us tonight to have salvation? God has given authority to those who believed in Jesus Christ to have salvation. It says, even to them that believe on his name, they have the power to become the sons of God. Those that believe on the name of Jesus Christ. Tonight, John the Baptist was preaching. He was, he was, Preaching of the light of the world, who is Je the light of the world is Jesus, that song that we sing. That's who the light of the world is. The light of the world is Jesus. And John the Baptist saying, I'm not that light. I was sent to bear witness of that light. And he said, he's also not only the light of the world, he's the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What a wonderful message. You know what? The message of the gospel is a message of forgiveness. Aren't you thankful that there is forgiveness found at the foot, at the feet of Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness found. I'm thankful that I, I came to that realization and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and what He had to offer. And I'm thankful that those who believe on the name of Jesus Christ 
It says, believe on the name of Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But as we come to this verse, we've just taken a little bit of background as we come to this text. I want you to look in verse 37. Something interesting. We cannot bring someone to the Lord Jesus Christ until we ourselves have come to Him. Until we ourselves, until we ourselves have followed Him. Look in verse 37. It says this, And the two disciples heard Him speak, and they followed Jesus. So they've been following after John the Baptist, and then they hear, they hear the Lord Jesus speak. They hear John say, Behold, the Lamb of God. And then they hear Jesus speak, and they, when they heard Jesus speak, they began to follow Him. Have you heard the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ call out to you and began to follow Him? I remember the day whenever I heard Jesus speak. Jesus spoke to me many, many, many times. I was convicted and knew that I was lost. And I heard the voice of Jesus. Have you heard the voice of Jesus call out to you? Here, these men, they, they had their own experience with coming to Jesus. You know how we confront people today with the Lord Jesus Christ? Notice what it says here. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. Can you see Andrew? He comes to his brother, and he, after he, after he starts following Christ, the very first thing he does is, I've got to find my brother. Very first thing he does. What does it say? It says, he first, he first findeth his own brother Simon. That was the very first thing that Simon, that Andrew did. So I've got to find my brother. We found the Messiah. We found the Christ. We found the Savior. And he couldn't contain himself and he goes and I don't know if he tied his brother up or what he did, but it says this, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, that's just my mind thinking. I'd like to think that he tied him up with a lasso and brought him to Jesus. But that's just, we can't force anyone to come to Christ, can we? That's just a, that's a joke. But we can't confront people with Jesus, can we not? That's what John the Baptist was doing. He was confronting these men with the Lamb of God. That's all we're meant to do, is to confront people with the Lamb of God. And John the Baptist, he did that. Then they began to follow. Oh, I remember when I began to follow Christ. Do you have a time in your life when you began following the Savior? Oh, if you have not come to Jesus Christ, come to Him. Seek Him while He may be found. Salvation is of the Lord. There is salvation to be found with the Savior, with the, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the time of year we celebrate God coming to this earth. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ the, the made flesh, God made flesh, dwelled among us. Emmanuel, God with us. And here, the very first thing that Andrew does is that he first finds his own brother. I thought to myself, maybe the key to this passage is each one reaching one. I thought as I was studying this and I began reading it more and more and it, the, the principle behind the passage is not each one reaching one. The principle behind this passage is who he reached first. First, we must reach, we must reach our families. Simon, very practically speaking, some shoe leather Christianity. I love shoe leather Christianity. Cause then it tells me someone like me, as daft and ignorant at times, teaches me how I can live the Christian life. And I need that. Country boy, sometimes you just need somebody to speak it to you plain. We need more shoe leather Christianity today. We don't, we have so much knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. We, we, most of us in this room tonight, we know the word of God, but, but sometimes we have trouble taking the steps to put that into action. I think, I believe the Lord has set out some principles here in this, in this chapter that give us some, some of the practical th- things and ways how we can live out our Christian life. 
It's not about the number that's the principle behind the story here. It's about who he reached, his own brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. And you're going to see that, that same phrase brought up again when Philip goes to Nathaniel. We have found the Messiah. Hey, they had been looking for the one that the prophets had written about. And they said, we found him. If you have found Christ, just, just, I've heard it said like this. If you found Christ, then you're one beggar who's just telling another beggar where to find bread. I've heard it put like that before. That's all we are, right? We're people who really, we're not, no, no one special. We're just someone who's found the Messiah and we should make him known. Say, look, we found him. Here he is. That's the savior of the world, the Messiah. Oh, we found him. Andrew, that's what he does with Simon. I've heard of, we, we, first, we must reach our families with the gospel. We should. Why is it so difficult to talk to our families about the gospel? Anyone find it difficult? Be honest. I find it very difficult. It's hard to talk to our families. Why? They know everything about us. They know what we did in fifth grade and, or whatever, whatever you call it here. They, they know everything that, that we've done. And they go, you're going to talk to me about God? It's difficult, is it not? It's difficult to talk to family. I believe another reason why it's so difficult, why do you think it's so hard to speak to family members about spiritual things? The devil knows this is the biggest opportunity in front of us, all that we have to spread the news through our family. This was a Christian nation, was it not? America was a Christian nation, was it not? What has happened? I believe we've quit sharing the gospel amongst our families. If the world was reached through 12 men, what happened to the, what happened to that world? That seems like worlds away from us. What happened? They quit sharing it with their families, apparently, uh, and passing it on. We, we must reach our families with the gospel. Here, it was imperative to Andrew that he get his family. And it was, it was an absolute necessity. And then it says, and he brought him to Jesus. I love that phrase. He brought him to Jesus. Hey, I, like I said, I, I would love to believe that he tied him up, but I believe he was just saying, look, you're coming with me and I've got someone to tell you about and you're going to listen or something like that nature. And this is important. We've been searching for this. You know about, you know what the prophets have written about. Come on. We found him. And, and that's what we should be doing with our families is just being genuinely caring for them. You know, another way to confront people with Jesus is to love on them, to show them forgiveness and say, and they, then when they bring up your past, your family members just say, look, that was who I used to be. Jesus has changed me and just change the subject altogether. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you want to do it, but why do you think there are typically more women in church than men? Because the devil also knows that if he can get the ordained leaders of the homes out of church, then what do you think he can get? He can get the family. Maybe he can get the wife. Maybe then he can get the children. And then maybe we even get their children. And that is what has happened is we've, we've lost this grip on reaching our families with the gospel. What did the children of Israel do when they were brought out of Egypt? They set up monuments. Why did they set up those monuments with stones? They, so they could say, look, this is what God did for us in bringing us out of Egypt across the Red Sea, fed us in the wilderness. And we want to show the salvation that he's done for us in bringing us out of bondage. And they set up monuments. I believe one of those monuments for us is, is our testimony. 
We should be sharing our testimony with our families, should we not? First, we must reach our families with the gospel. Men, it's time to be men. Lead your home. God's called you to lead your home. Someone told me one time in Colorado, I preach hard to the men. He said, because they need it. And I think it's still true. We need, we need men who are, who will be men ones, real men of God, who care generally about the spiritual things for their families and getting the gospel to their children and to their grandchildren and so on and so forth. And I've, I've heard it said, men, it's men's job to get their family to church and it's the lady's job to get the kids in order. Now that's, that's a joke. It's the whole, it's both of their jobs to get their children in order. But, uh, but hey, I, I like it when Sarah takes care of the children and sort of sorts them. And I, so I, I always say that. I say, Sarah, it's Sarah's job to sort them. It's my job to get them, get them to church. Um, we'll leave it at that. But um, hey, we should be reaching our... How many of us have family members who aren't Christians? I've got some family. And we've always got little ones coming in, right? We can pray for them, can we? No, I just had a... I guess he's a considered a second cousin, except... The Lord the other day, I was so excited. I've been praying for all those little ones in my family that I pray for them from time to time. Oh, we burden for our families and reaching our families. Andrew, that's the very first thing he did when he found the Savior, is he he went and he and he and he got his brother. He found his brother and he brought him to Jesus. That's the first thing that we see in this in this text tonight. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and he brought him to Jesus. Not only did he, did he, we must reach our families, but notice the second thing. We must reach our, our friends. Look in verse 43 tonight. Look in verse 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of, Beth, was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now why would it give us that note? In verse 44, now Philip was of the same city of Andrew and Peter. Because I, I believe that Philip wasn't just some Joe Schmo that they didn't know. I believe Philip was someone that they knew. They were from the same city uh, of Bethsaida. And they were from, that's, that's in Galilee. They were from this very same city. And Andrew and Simon Peter... And Jesus, the very next day, where do they go? Back to their same city. And, and I bet you they were thinking, well, who else can we tell? And they found one of their friends of the same city. It, it gives us that nugget. No, now, Philip was of Bethsaida, Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Not only should we reach our friends, and we have friends that are our family that are lost, but we should re- be reaching our friends with the gospel, should we not? Where do we start? Where do we start, practically speaking? We start with our family with our friends, those we know, and then to those we don't know, we're going to see in the text. But, but hey, I heard of a story of every, of every street corner in Maryville, Tennessee from Pastor Sexton. He said, at one time, you couldn't go on a street corner without someone confronting you with the gospel. At every corner, there would be, you'd walk. He said, somebody was faithfully giving the gospel on that street in the, in the city of Maryville. He said it was, it was wonderful. And uh, that's what it should be like once again. Wouldn't it be amazing if in every street of Oxford, I know there's a lot of streets to cover there, but every street in Oxford, somebody was confronting someone with the gospel? It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Would it not? Um, not only is there family that we, need, that we need to reach, but there's friends that we know that need reached. 
The odds are we know enough people in Oxford to see Oxford really changed just through our families that are represented in Oxford Baptist Chapel and our friends. That's the, this is practically speaking, this is what we see in this text. They went and sought to reach their family. Andrew did. And then they went and sought to reach someone that they knew of the same city. And I heard of a story of a, of a man in Africa. He was so burdened for all of his friends and family that he gave them a, a birthday invitation. And in their country, if you get, if you receive, well, really in every country, if you receive an invitation to a birthday party, it's pretty bad if you don't go. Well, they take it really serious in Africa. And if, if you invite someone to a party, they will almost always go. And there was a man who didn't think he had much talent, couldn't speak to people very well, he thought. And he was so burdened for all of his friends and family that he invited them to his birthday party. And he said, told, told the missionary, would you please preach to my family and friends and give them the gospel? So they set up chairs in a circle all the way around. And, uh, and he said, have at it. When they, when they come tonight for cake and ice cream and party, he said, just preach to them. And they saw nearly almost a hundred of his family and friends come to know Christ as Savior. Well, what happened? Someone was burdened for his family to reach his family and his friends. Are we burdened to the point that we do something about it for our family? Maybe tonight, some of us, we just need to get on our knees once again and pray for our lost loved ones. Those that we've maybe prayed for for years. Let me encourage you again. Keep, keep praying for them. God can break through. He can, he can work on their heart. And bring them unto himself. Continue, please continue praying for your lost family members. And then maybe at the Christmas season, when do we see them? Right now? Maybe you'll see some that you haven't seen in a long time. Maybe give them, just, just encourage them to come to the Savior. Be that signpost that John the Baptist pointing them. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Hey, I found the Messiah. Can I share him with you? I heard of a man who was so burdened for his brother that during deer season, which I don't think you have deer season here, uh, deer camp, they would, he would always see his brother. It was the only time a year he'd see his brother because they worked, where well, they worked in different states. He's so burdened for his brother and he thought, I know what I'll do. And so he got a bunch of tracks and every time his brother would go out to hunt, he would set a, a track in his boot and, and his brother would go to put his boot on to go hunt and he'd go, Oh, what's in here? And, oh, God, my brother, a brother of mine. And then he'd sit down to breakfast. Before he went out and he'd have a track on the table for his, oh, that brother of mine. And uh, he's still not come to the Lord yet. I actually got to meet him and witness to him. But I thought it was good that his brother was doing, doing his best as he could to, hey, to bring him to Jesus, to confront him with Jesus. That's all we're called to do as believers is to confront people with the Savior. And we can leave it there. John the Baptist was just confronting them with the Lamb of God. And the Savior of the, the light of the world he was preaching about, bearing witness of that light. We are, we're supposed to shine as lights in this world, and we're shining as lights that are pointing to a greater light, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here, not only should we reach our family, but we should reach our, our friends with the gospel. And then the last thing tonight that we see the last thing that we see here in our, in our text is in verse 45. It says this. Now, now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
Wow, that's a wonderful, wonderful phrase there. We have found him. Hey, we should write a track that says, we have found him. We have found the Savior. We, we have found him. That's all you have to share with me. We have found him. Hey, come and meet the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he has to offer to you. What did Phil, Philip's message didn't change? You know, the message should never change. The message, we don't need a different message today. What do we really need? We just need to be giving the message. He gave the same message that Andrew gave to Simon. We found the Messiah. And then Philip says to to Nathaniel, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. And he's mentioning, we found him. We found the Savior. And then the ones that we reach, that we meet, we should reach. Who is Philip speaking? He's he's speaking to Nathanael, who would have not been from Bethsaida. Nathanael would have been from Cana. That would be another Galilean city. But Nathanael wasn't from the same city as as Andrew, Simon, and and Philip. He was from Cana, just the city over from Bethsaida. And so the one, I don't think they probably would have known him, but the ones that we meet, the ones that we meet, we should seek to reach with the gospel. The people that we don't know. I was on the open air this week and preaching. I was preaching on gifts. People were walking by, fists full of tons of gifts. Gifts, and I was saying, "How much did that cost? How much did this cost? Looked like that's expensive." And then, and then I said, "Receive the gift of God. It's free, but it was not free. The Lord Jesus paid for it with His own blood. Wow, the gift of of eternal life." was bought and paid for in full by the Lord Jesus Christ. Take the gift of God. It is free of charge. Believe. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou thou shalt be saved. And I was preaching to them and I saw a man. I was really discouraged, to be honest with you. Everybody just passing by. No one's caring. You know how it is. And this guy was standing at the back with his dog. And I'm thinking, oh, he's listening. And he was waiting on... He's waiting on a woman who was doing her shopping. Praise the Lord. That's a good, that's a, that helped me out there. But he was waiting for, for a woman who was doing her shopping. And he come, I go over to him and say, um, let him introduce to Noel. And I say, well, what'd you think of the message? And the man said, oh, religion's not for me. He said, I was religious at one time. I said, oh, that's good. I'm not religious either. I said, I've just, I grew up in a religious home. But really, when my life changed was when I personally came to know Christ when I was 14. When I started my, when I followed Christ myself, that's when my life changed. I said, I grew I was religious as well. But my, I'm not speaking of religion. I'm speaking of when I came to know the Lord as my Savior. And he goes, well, I just, he said, I envy you. He said, because you actually have something that you believe in and you, and you, you seem like you know it to be true or something of that, he said. And I said, really? You really, you envy me. He said, yeah. He said, like, I don't have anything. I said, you can. I said, you can. I can't save that man, but I can sure point him to the, to the one who can, to the Savior. And um, we, that's all we must be doing is seeking to point people to the, to the one who can save them. Nathaniel here, Philip goes to Nathaniel and he says, we found him. But now Philip also in Acts chapter 8, if you turn there with me, and we will come to a close here just shortly in Acts chapter 8. Philip, we find Philip seeking to go from town to, down, to town to town in verse 5. It says, Then Philip went down to preach 
down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. But then go to verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither. And we know the story. He runs thither to the chariot and he joins himself to it. And it says he opens his mouth and begins at the same scripture to preach unto him Jesus. Philip was, wait a minute, Philip was reached by Andrew and Simon and Lord Jesus Christ. And now Philip reached Nathaniel. And now Philip is going and reaching people in Samaria. And it just happens to come across someone who's from Ethiopia that's in Samaria. But it all started from Andrew reaching Simon, reaching someone reaching their family, and them going together and reaching their friend. And then they went and they reached others. That's how it should be tonight. We should seek to win our family. You say, Brother Dylan, you don't know very many people in this country. I don't. But I'm here to motivate you as a church to reach your family with the gospel. Take it serious. We must reach... Those are the ones that we speak to the most, is it not? The ones that we care for the most, love the most. We must, it's imperative, seek to win our family to the Lord. And then secondly, we must reach, seek to reach our friends. I don't know. Write a letter and give it to every one of your friends. And I don't know, whatever. Come up with something fancy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. As the Lord leads you, ask God, how would you... How would you have me reach my family? How would you have me reach my friends? That would really be the best thing. Don't come up with any ideas. Ask God how, and to show you how, to, how should we reach our families. And then lastly, those that we meet, we should seek to reach with the gospel. You know, how, how can I still see the people back home reached with the truth? My family, as if my family will seek to win their family. So I was trying to encourage my family with this. I'm telling you, seek to win our loved ones. Tonight, I think I've given us, I think God has given us from his word, not me, some practical things on how we should can practically live out the Christian life. We see the, the pattern, the principle behind it wasn't each one reaching one. It, the principle behind it was they started with their family, went to their friends, and then they went to the ends of the earth, went to Ethiopia, went to Samaria. God took it all over the world. You, you want to see, the other thing, and I'll say this and I'm through, God has already instituted the foundation to seeing the world reached with the gospel, and it's through the family. You go to the forest reaching ends of the earth tonight, and you'll find a tribe of people who have a mom and a dad, and they have children. That is the very cornerstone of society. It's not a mistake. God has set it up that way. He's the very cornerstone of society, and we can see the world reached through the family. We truly can. And uh, why is there such an attack on the family? Why is there? Why? Why are we having to have discussions on what a family is, or what a home is? Because there is an all-out assault attack on the on our families, on your family. It's it's been brought right to our doorstep. What does it talk about? The gates of hell shall not prevail against 
against it. Talking about the church of the living God, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's not talking about the church of God being on the defensive. Actually, in the Greek, that's talking about the church of God being on the offensive. Because if somebody is prevailing, if the gates of hell are not prevailing against the church, then who's prevailing against the gates of hell? The church. The, the church should be the ones on the offensive. The church should be prevailing. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As a church, let us march on. Let us seek to win our families and our friends and those that we meet. I think I've said that for enough times this evening. Let's have a word of prayer and then I'll have ask our brother to come along and close this. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful tonight that your word is simple, that thy word is truth, that you are the light of the world. We praise you for being that light, that light that shines into the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Lord, I pray that you'd burden us for our families. If there's someone in here that doesn't know you're a Savior, I pray they would accept thee as Lord and Savior, that they would believe on the name of Jesus Christ and be, receive that power to become the sons in, of God. And Lord, we pray for those that in our families that are lost, we plead for their souls. We pray for them. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would help us to, in the best way we know how, as you lead us, seek to win them to you. Seek to share the word of God with them. We know the word of God, when the word of God is preached, that salvation is offered. And Lord, we pray for those that in, the, in, in Oxford that we don't know. We pray for their salvation. We pray for our friends. Lord, help us to be a church that is working and is living out our Christianity day to day. I pray that you'd bless us as we go home tonight. Help us to give us safety on the roads. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen.